Hello, welcome back to another episode of the In The Round Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Will Hunt, and joining me this week, like every week, is the Walcott Warbler, Mr. Pod Ross. Good evening. And coming to you live, live, it's sports media's number one, number one, Joel Linton, N-dubs correspondent, who is currently enjoying an ice lolly despite it being November, it's Mr. Mike Breslin. Yeah, live in my living room. It's freezing here, but I'm still having an ice solid, which is great. So It's because the World Cup's got you all out of whack, isn't it, Mike? You keep thinking it's a summer. <laughs> it's all wrong. So I'm it's just having wrong. an ice cream to bring it back in line, you know? Yeah, good stuff. This is um, this is your uh, your match day one, but it's not really a match day. You know, like it's like fixture round one. Uh, recap for the World Cup 2022. It's brought to you by uh, Human's Rights Abuses. Um, just quickly before we get there, uh, <laughs> I promised I wouldn't do it, uh, but I already have. Mike, before we get there, quick reaction from you on the Ronaldo news, because we know people love to hear your thoughts about the, the incredibly won franchise that is uh, Manchester United. Yeah, franchise seems like a good word. Um, no, obviously, after the interview... Uh, it was always going to end like this. Glad it's sort of sorted for him and Portugal and United. So we don't have to pay him anymore. He can go play in Saudi Arabia or the US or wherever he ends up. Um, and we don't have a cart horse, cart horse running around the pitch 20 minutes every week. So, yeah. Uh, the, in bigger news, United are up for sale, which is huge. So hopefully someone with a bit of money kicking about that's not a state uh, wants to buy us that would be nice they're exploring options aren't they which means it could be as little as selling a minority stake or selling the big chunk if i were the glazers i'd get out of there hey they don't want to redevelop old trafford i don't think i think no. they, i think they really want to sell it but let's see we'll see how yeah. it plays out it, it's the best news we've had in 20 odd years so get yeah. them gone get them gone yeah, yeah. um other than that the World Cup seems to be in fine swing. Uh, have you enjoyed it, lads? Have you caught much of it? I've watched as much as I can. Um, obviously, some of the game times are when I am supposed to be working. So if, <laughs> if my boss is listening, <laughs> which I don't think he is, uh, then of course I've been working very hard and had it on the radio. Um yeah, I've enjoyed most of it. There's been some pretty stinking nil-nils in there, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to. But some of the games have been really good. We've had a couple of good upsets in game week one. So, all in all, apart from the human rights abuses, <laughs> it's yeah. been a decent game week one. Yeah. Uh, Ross, um, what have you made of it? Yeah, I've enjoyed most of it. Um, unlike Mike, it's difficult for me to watch it while I'm working. Um so I've only really been able to see the later on ones. But, uh, yeah, on the whole, uh, it's been good. I, I feel like I've watched it on tape delay. That's how I feel like I've caught up with it. I feel like I've not seen a lot of it live. I've seen a couple of key games live. I probably have done a good job of picking them. Although, as I mentioned to Mike earlier, I, I caught the first half of Portugal uh, Garner earlier and they got in the car. <laughs> Missed the entire second half. Very Disaster. <laughs> Disaster. Uh, but some of the others would be really good. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's starting to feel a bit more like a, a tournament, which is was always the worry that people weren't really going to be into it. Um, right. 
Before we go any further, let's hand out Wazak of the Week. It's the Qatari officials for claiming that 44,000 people were in a stadium only seats 40,000, which was visibly empty on the TV. Yeah, okay. They've, they've done that a few times, I've noticed. I just it can't hasn't just it. been that one. Like, I'm like, the entire world is basically having a go at you for being corrupt, and you're like, you know what? Let's fake something that they can see. <laughs> what are we doing? Well, they've played oh, it for like the game as well, haven't they? Pretty much. Yeah, it's the games today. There was it was like really empty in the stand. The, the maddest thing was the first game when Qatar played, and there was no one there in the second half. <laughs> they all buggered off. I couldn't believe it. You, That's you, tough. Your country finally hosts a World Cup. It's finally here. And you just fuck off after 45 because you know you're not going to win. Do you know who also turned off the first game after 45 minutes? Me. Let me tell you. Fuck it up. It I was a tough watch. It was a tough watch. Um, I mean, you know, start of the week, Qatar are the first uh, host to lose their opening uh, World Cup match, which is mad, I think. Absolutely mad. I was shocked by that stat. Well, historically, they were hosted by nations generally where they were a bit better at football, weren't they? South Africa's the only one, probably, you'd say, where you thought they might have lost. They looked uber nervous, didn't they? Yeah, they did, yeah. Really nervous. And in fairness, I can understand why, but... But, yeah, you thought second half, maybe, when they calmed down a bit. They would have put something together, but they were shocking. So, yeah, I mean, obviously on this first fixture, it's hard to know how good Ecuador really are. Well, they, they just sort of took their foot off the gas, didn't they? Yeah, they knew they didn't need to do much second half, so 2-0 is fine for them. I, I, I did thoroughly enjoy the, the World Cup start. Every World Cup, there is a, there is a player who is deeply average in his like league career but absolutely bags him into the world cup welcome back to my consciousness and valencia i haven't really thought about you since you were playing for west ham on fifa 15 and you're an absolute demon but it's it's good to see you back that is that is one very nice thing about the world cup people just turn up brian ruiz is still out there playing ball i couldn't oh, believe brian ruiz i'll tell you what if dave harris was here the stuff he would be talking about, Brian Ruiz. He he loved him, absolutely loved him. Oviedo too at Costa Rica. Just, a lot of there's a lot of Everton's fingerprints all over this World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> um, first game's not not really that interesting, if I'm being honest, guys. I don't think we really learned anything from it. So uh, if, if it's all right with you, we're going to move swiftly on. Um, I do want to talk about England probably longer than we will talk about some of the other teams they are a home nation after all um firstly uh for all the talk about Southgate not getting things spot on and not getting things right I did think team selection on this first one was really good and it kind of played he played to the strengths of this England squad which is their midfield and their forward players um and I know it is only against Iran um but I thought it was a good sign of things to come what did you guys make of it yeah, I agree. Yeah, um, it was good to see him go with sort of four-three-three. Um, so obviously a bit more attacking with uh, Bellingham in there with Rice instead of Phillips. Um, yeah, yeah, you've got to say Southgate got it right. Uh, will he go back to the 
the five, do you think, when it starts to... And will it be Phillips and Rice? I don't think... I, I don't think Bellingham is droppable. After, no, you're right. I think he's played played so well, which is which is good. And I'm glad because going forward, we're going to be much more excited. To be, to be honest, I don't see how he could... I, it's, he's, I'm not so going to say he's made a rod for his back, but he's made it very difficult to go with anything other than those three because I thought, obviously, you got what you got. You get what you get from Declan Rice. He's The man is... He just does his job and he does it extremely well and that's what you can rely on. He had one or two nervy moments, but it was fine. Um, I thought, and then I thought Bellingham and Bellingham and Mams in particular, the way they played in between the lines and received the ball and moved it quickly, I thought they dovetailed really nicely. I don't see how you could realistically go back to playing a two in there when you've seen what it can give you. I definitely hope he sticks with with what we had there. But everyone was calling for the fourth. He fought at the back. He finally played it, and then you put you score six in a World Cup game. I mean that doesn't happen. That yeah. doesn't really happen. So um, even though it's happened twice in the first <laughs> yeah. first round of fixtures, but yeah, it'd be nice to see him stick with that, particularly against the US, who should be. I mean, they're decent, but they Wales put them under a lot of pressure, as we'll get to second half. So, should definitely fancy yeah, ourselves well, there. I, I think the Wales get. I, I think the Wales game against the US probably actually told us a lot. Is that when the US were really on top in the first half, they were suffocating them in midfield. They because they're an athletic team. The US. That's the one thing you'd say about them is they they run. Um, and that's the one thing. Everyone I've ever heard talk about this US team, they all say that they run. I'm like, they just people not know anything about else about this lot. No, but you watch genuinely just watch them, and they're just in that midfield, they're just over you all the time. So, I think that's why you would be tempted to stick with three, particularly if, you, if you're going to play three, if you're going to play five at the back or whatever, you're going to end up with Harry Kane having to drop deep, and he's just going to be swarmed by people who can actually run, and he's going to be even more useless. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I would definitely rather him obviously play. I just, it's because it's Southgate and I, I just feel like when it comes down to it, I'm not saying against the US, hopefully against the US and Wales, he should just carry on with this, this four. But I think if we get out of there, what I wonder I, I about those, going back to the five. Yeah, I kind of agree. But, and what I wonder is if he'll use at least one of these two games, if let's say we beat the US, hopefully tomorrow, then will he use the Wales game to play the five to get them used to it again before the knockouts? I think he's more likely to play... the f- Like, if we've won and won again, I can't see him playing the five. I get what you're saying. Um, but they should be fairly comfortable with it because we've played it a lot before. They should be. It's just they haven't had much time together, obviously, pre-tournament. I yeah. know they've played it. Who's the, the they've pretty much played, but I'd rather my, see them play the four with some different players, I think. Give them some reps in case we need to use them. Well, I th- what I would really like is for Southgate to stick with the stick with prioritising the parts of the team that are where clearly where our strengths are, which is the midfield play and the combinations there and the combinations up front too. Um, I mean, irrespective of what, what system you play, you're not going to be strong at the back, given the personnel we've got. I mean, 
Harry Maguire, I thought, was okay in this game, particularly given how little football he's played. But again, he, he you saw him lose someone for the uh, for the for the goal, and you kind of think to yourself, well, I don't think we want to get into the situation where we're a where Southgate's thinking about himself as a more def- thinking a more defensive way. I don't think that's the way they're going to win in this tournament. There will be the opportunity where you have to grind out a result, but I still think you, you've got to control the midfield. I mean, let's if we're being honest, like France, uh, Germany, uh, the last two have won it, and Spain they've they've dominated the football, and that's how they've won it. Um, and I think England have got to do the same. Quickly on the decision to play Trippier, surprised? No, I wasn't in particular. No. How do you think he did? He was fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't, it was decent. I don't think it was his best game, but everyone had a decent game because Iran were awful. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't do that bad against them. Apart from, well, I was going to say Maguire's mistake for the goal, except that apparently he couldn't, he couldn't um, see properly. So I don't know what I don't know what happened to him. But what? Hold on, what? What? That's, uh, that's what Gareth. He had a bump on the head, didn't he? But I, I just don't know when that happened. He went off straight after, didn't he? But that that all seems strange to me. The um, can I just say the, the concussion yeah. thing with the goalkeeper? I missed. We that. have we have got to sort this out in football. We have got to sort this out. We could, that guy, I, I don't think he knew where he was. No, he didn't. And he was allowed to continue. We, he should not have any say in that decision. He's got to be off. And if you're not, if the doctors aren't sure, then why aren't we doing like rugby do and have a medical sub while um, he goes off to be properly checked? If you want to do a thorough exam, that's fine. I haven't seen it. I was just doing it on the radio, but it sounded like, like it was they'd, shocking. They'd let him, let him, it was a massive whack. They'd let him play on. And he, the blood was still coming out of his nose, wasn't it? And then he sat there. Honestly, you the should pit. have seen the guy. It, it, it looked yeah, like he was hit by a train. Like, he, the doctor should know that he can't play on. Like anyone should know that he can't play on. From no, it was done. terrible, and it, and it looked like his captain was almost like telling him, "I want we we want you to play on." Like, like this what, is not what use? It's not your decision. What use is he? I mean, he would be able to save anything if it was fired at him. Oh no, no way! He w- I if Harry Maguire couldn't see, I don't know this guy. I don't know what he was seeing, but it wasn't yeah. what was happening out there. No, it's, no, it's... we have to have to get better at this. Yeah, they've, thing. they've got to sort it out. They've got to sort it out. But um, pinging back to England for a second, did this make you feel more confident, or is it the quality of the opposition really not change how you're viewing this tournament? No, it made me feel a bit more confident. I was glad he played a bit more bit more attacking than I, I thought they were gonna to be honest and we did look good going forward which you hadn't we hadn't in a, all the uh most recent England games that have been on when we've really struggled to score from open play or really yeah. create anything from open play so yeah Safka did make an interesting point about that where he said uh people talk about form but it's not really form because the last time we played was months ago I was like okay all right I guess it's an interesting point not sure it's fully right but um Quickly moving to Wales-US then, because obviously from the same group. 
I actually thought the US were the better team over the 90. Not by much, but they were, I thought. What did you guys make of it? Probably marginally. They were way on top in the first half. Um, but, I mean, Wales pinned them back really well second half. Yeah. It was impressive. Um, I didn't understand the Kiefer Moore not starting thing at all. No. So much better, weren't they, when he came on? It was totally bizarre. Um, Dan James is not a good football player, so I don't... I don't... Certainly not centrally. No. <laughs> Um, so the, I mean the difference was night and day I can't imagine Rob Page will make that mistake again no. but yeah the US were impressive first half Wales impressive second half draws a fair result as far as I'm concerned yeah I mean the, the most striking thing for me in this game was Gareth Bale's performance I thought Gareth Bale looked old and I yeah, he is old I know he is old but and he hasn't played loads of football, has he? Yeah, and when I looked at it, I'm like, because Wales' success is so dependent on Gareth Bale. I mean, he's the reason that, he's the reason they're here, isn't he? I mean, he won those playoff games for them. But he maybe he takes another game to get up to speed. I mean, hopefully uh, he isn't up to speed by uh, game week three. But uh, <laughs> I think... Hopefully it won't matter by then. Yeah, I, he just didn't look great. And it, it didn't leave me feeling altogether really positive for Wales chances but yeah no none of the Wales fans care because he scored and that's what mattered yeah it he just he, he just wants Wales to pop weird. up with something sorry about when he when he is not looking great he seems to pop up in these moments and pull something out the bag yeah for Wales he always seems to find a way when they yeah. need when they need him. Whatever you want to say about Gareth Bale, and people seem to have this, see, people seem to be quite down on Gareth Bale because of the way it ended at Madrid. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, Madrid teed him poorly and he should just, he should just collect his cheque and not move on. That's where yeah. I'm at with it. Great but player. whatever you want to say about for it, unlike some of the players, particularly who played for Wales, he never turns down the opportunity to play and play well for his country, does he? So you've got to respect him for that. He absolutely loves it. And apparently, I, I was hearing, of, of course, these sort of stories come out World Cup time that his agent maybe back in the day said, you could, we could make it so that you qualified for England. And he was like, no way. Not a chance. Wales. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's always what he's wanted to do. So fair yeah. Point. After watching this game, who did you feel more confident that's going to be going through out of these two? I, I didn't like that the... I, th- I thought Wales were awful in the first half and if America had anything about them they'd have put them to the sword a bit in the first half so I didn't I didn't love that um, I don't know I think I think I like Wales I'll, be honest. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a team so I don't sit on the fence and I think I like Wales too but I also think that whichever goes through are getting pumped in the round of 16 so it doesn't really yeah. matter don't neither of them are like, great Josh Sargent was up front for. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if he's still at Norwich, but he was atrocious when he was in the front. Yeah. Well, it's all. We're currently recording this on Thursday, so um, the US and uh, the UK are going to play tomorrow, aren't they? Yep, and Wales Iran at 10, 10 a.m. Yeah. Set your yeah. alarms. It's the, say about uh, US, UK. Yeah, yeah well, what I was going to say, Ross, is it's the biggest battle since 1781, but there we are. <laughs> Um, ah, right, who's up next? Senegal, Netherlands. 
I didn't see this. Did any of you see this? I mean, I kind of want to know how the Dutch are because I think they're one of the most interesting teams in the tournament because their floor to ceiling has got feels like it's got a massive gap between them. I didn't actually see this one either. Yeah, I caught uh, I caught a decent bit of this and was not particularly impressed by the Netherlands. Um, to be honest, they were quite fortunate to come out with a win here. It was two late goals um, by uh, Gakpo and then Klassen in the 99th minute. Um, His full yeah. title, please, Michael, which is King Klassen. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Everton legend. <laughs> I think your ultimate team legend is more accurate. But yeah, I thought the Dutch were going to be better. They they really didn't impress me that much. So it'll be interesting to see how the rest of this group plays out for them. Um, obviously, it's a good result. That's kind of what matters. Um, but they've got Ecuador next. So yeah. That'll be an interesting uh, litmus test because we don't really know what, what Ecuador are. And they were supposed to be sort of one of the, probably one of the darkest horses, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean. <sighs> they've got some talented players, the Netherlands. Gakpo's a bit of a joke. Yeah, they, they, they've got some good players and they've got, and they've got Louis van Gaal, who somehow seems to manage to get people through these things at a World Cup. But anyway, um that group seems to be a bit of a gimme for the Dutch, doesn't it? I mean, they should be racking through that with nine points as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'd say they're a bit fortunate because they aren't, they really weren't very good. But this, this group's not up to much at all. So, yeah. I mean, they're still rolling out like Vincent Janssen up top. <sighs> Where's Valtekhorst? That's what I want to know. I think between their three goalies in the squad, I believe, I don't know if this is exactly right, but I think there's eight caps between them. Yeah, the the one who played, um, the one who played in goal had been unemployed of a few years ago. And I cannot believe that Edouard Mendy lost the unemployed off. Because as you all remember, he went from unemployed to FIFA goalie of the year to a liability within the space of 18 months. It was a sensational journey, honestly. Some story at both ends. Yeah, he was bit. shite. Um, like Senegal look uh, from the highlights that I've watched so please this is proper Sunes analysis they don't seem to have a killer instinct without Sadio Mane and it is a real shame he's missing this World Cup that may well have made a difference to this game because they had some chances they just couldn't put it in the net if you you have the best player in any game it gives you a chance doesn't it yeah Um, let's move on to the shock of game week one. Um, pre-tournament favourites, Argentina, losing to uh, Saudi Arabia. Ross, what a job Eddie Howe's doing, eh? <laughs> Joel is looking good, isn't he? He is. I particularly enjoyed Amaron bombing down the right Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Wait, sorry, World Cup we're talking about. What did you make of this? Yes, uh... I thought Saudi Arabia were, well, I was impressed by them. I was surprised by them, um, to be honest. Uh, I think Argentina scored three offside goals, didn't they? Um, And obviously, because I picked them to win the tournament, they decided that they'd be pretty poor in this game. Um, Yeah, um, I thought they didn't really create 
too many really good chances. Um, Di Maria's looking. He's looking old. Old. Old is what he's looking. Let and you forget. You. Oh, he just doesn't want to do anything on his right foot, does he? And given they were trying to cross the ball into Martinez, having him out there when he's trying to get him in on his right foot, it just was not not working. They looked a little disjointed, but I, th- you know, when you you know when you think about like underdog performance, you think like really low block, kind of like you, I mean, you think of those as like Tony Pulis like and just hoofing it long. The Saudis didn't do that. They were incredibly brave in terms of that that high line and that pressure that they put on Argentina was miraculous, wasn't it? And I reckon that probably affected the whole game for them. That was totally bonkers, that high line. <laughs> it was mental. Totally bonkers. And it somehow worked out. I mean, amazing, really, that they, that Argentina didn't just put them to the sword. That that could have ended up... I mean, there could have been any scoreline if they just actually put the ball in the net and created yeah. some proper chances. But it's mad, really. The game was kind of done at halftime, even at 1-0. Yeah, it was just sort of you just felt like the second half was going to be a bit of a non-event, but yeah, the whole ground was pulling for Saudi Arabia. Um, great goal in it too, the winner. Oh, what a finish! What a finish! Even a good finish of the first one. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, I mean, this was so. This was not Argentina. Just were not at it. I mean, I've not seen them misfire this badly since the uh, the fourteenth of June, nineteen (laughs) eighty-two, but. uh, But no, I don't know what I don't know about you, but this this kind of feels to me, and I might be proven wrong by the time they play the next game. This feels a bit to me like Spain losing the first game of the World Cup that they won. It's like they're not this bad, and they will be better next time. Yeah, um, everyone was everyone was referencing 1990 when Argentina lost their first game and made it to the final. So they they're going to be a lot better than that. They've got Mexico and Poland to play in this group, who who drew with each other, which we'll get to. So. We will not get to that, right? Uh, let's let's get yeah, this. Let's right, that, right, let's just quickly do. Let's quickly mention one thing about that game. How is Ochoa still playing? And this guy, like, I'm, they get him out the cupboard every four years. He's like the World Cup Santa. Um, in fact, the best tweet of the week is uh, someone said Ochoa is to World Cups what Mariah Carey is to Christmas. It was excellent. <laughs> um, that is an excellent, excellent tweet. Look, if Poland can't beat Mexico. I'm not sure what to do with them. Uh, likewise with Mexico. Uh, same with Denmark, Tunisia. Uh, the Danes, who were the dark horses of a few years ago, don't seem to be quite at that level yet. The World Cup was on a massive high after Saudi Arabia beat Argentina, and then you had these two absolute snooze <laughs> bats in the middle squibs. of the day. Squibs, and yeah. Then, and then Australia went 1-0 up against France. Oh, that was wild, wasn't it? So let's get to the French, because obviously... We've all kind of thought that they would probably be the favourites, and then they've been hit by injury after injury. They're missing. Let's not forget they're missing Pogba, Benzema, and Golo Kante, like all players that we. Kunku, Kimpembe, Kimpembe. But I mean, the first three in That's particular start for most of them. Like Kimpembe, Kimpembe not being being there is an absolute dub. <laughs> that guy's a clown. Pogba. Well, I'm just saying he was in the squad, or he was going to be in the squad. What I want to start with with the French. And I know we will get to Australia because they took a deserved lead at the start of the game. They were the French looked a bit off it. Um, Mike, are you ready to eat your medicine about Adrian Rabio? Because he ran the show here. Yeah, I mean he ran the show against Aaron Moy. Let's have a day off, shall we? <laughs> yeah, like thirty-two year old Aaron Moy. 
<laughs> yeah, not even Aaron Moy in his prime at Huddersfield. Come on. Um, but yeah, he had a good game. It's going to yeah, happen occasionally. I mean, he did. He did really well. To, he did really well to steal that ball from the Australian player. And given where the country came from, you'd expect it to be the other way around. <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> um, so I actually thought when I saw that they were playing Griezmann at the centre mid, I was like, uh, okay, Deschamps. But they looked really good, actually. And Griezmann in particular, I thought was really impressive playing in that slightly unfamiliar role. Yeah, I've got a quid on him to uh, be the top goal scorer. So it was a tough start that he didn't get on the, <laughs> get on the score sheet. But uh, he's a really good player. It's, it's good that his club situation is kind of sorted out now. So he's not playing these stupid 20-minute cameos at the end of every game. Um, yeah. I mean, friend, France are blessed, aren't they? At the yeah. Top, at the top end of the pitch. It's ridiculous. Well, I mean, yeah. Which, I mean, speaking of the top scorers of the competition, Mike, I think Giroud's put himself in prime position for this. Here we go. Talk to us, Ross. Oh, what a display from him. What a, what a player. Went I think we're past the point now where, yeah, and uh, I think it was Vincent Company said he. It's interesting because he's obviously like pretty much a polar opposite sort of player to Henri. It was all pace and like sort of pace and skill really, rather than Giroud. Because uh, Henri, I think only scored like six of his hundred and seventy something for Arsenal in the Prem were headed. Obviously Giroud, his bread and butter with the uh, with the headed goals. And I think maybe Benzema going down, obviously you'd want him in the squad because of his quality. But when they won it, obviously Giroud played every game, every game. And I just think they're better with him. And Bappe said he prefers playing with a, like a figurehead striker. He's, he's so. clearly really popular too. The way they celebrated that goal. I mean... When you think about, I mean, this is a really weird thing to say about the French, particularly at a World Cup. When you think about 2018, they were really quite in harmony. Um, and I mean, at the start of this World Cup, they were, I mean, I thought it was going to be, another, honestly, lads, I thought it was going to be like the 14th of July, 1789. But um, <laughs> I just, they seem to be actually. What happened on that day? That was That's a story of the past day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a quiz at the end, Mike. Um, <laughs> And I just think that they actually looked like there was quite a bit of togetherness. They looked, they looked okay. They looked ridiculous up front. They looked okay at the back. The midfield's still a question, but I think when they've got Giroud up there, it gives Mbappe and Ousmane Dembele, both of which I would you wouldn't want to defend against either of them, would you? They're just both they can go either they can come inside, they can go outside. They're lightning quick, and it, they just seem set up to score goals. I'd be amazed if people keep them out. I mean, yeah, um, Ousmane Dembele. Yeah, and Mbappé, as you say, their pace. I don't know why they weren't just going every time to them down the wing. The fullbacks just could not keep it. Well, no, it's difficult for anyone, but if you're playing in the, like the A-League or whatever, you are not got much chance against Mbappé and Dembele. Well, um, I, I think you can, be, you can put literally any fullback. That's what I said. I said anyone, anyone's going to struggle, but yeah. I mean... It's much harder. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, no, no one can stop Mbappe, can they, when he's doing things like that? And yeah, um, so I think Giroud is is perfect with those sort of pacey players out there. If they're getting the beating of their man almost every time down, I mean, yeah. 
So, did you come out of this feeling more confident about France? Because I, I, I came out of this going, okay, they they look good, and I know that I know it's only I know as we keep saying it's Australia who they're expected to be. There was something in the way Mbappe played, like he was he was possessed and on a mission that made me go, oh, okay, hold on here. They they're gonna have the best player in every game, and he's got something to prove. If he's like that throughout the tournament, they're going to take some stopping for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, their response as well to the to going behind was good because sometimes France and they lost a man to an injury as well in that. Blessing in disguise. That was a shame for him. Blessing in disguise for France though, because I mean, Theo Hernandez, particularly in this game, him and Mbappe on that one side were ridiculous. They were so good. Yeah, I mean. The only, the weak, one of the weak spots for France on the other side is Pavard looks like he's lost a step. I mean, he was culpable for the goal and you do wonder how long it takes if they want to play like a centre-half kind of player out there, how long it takes for Deschamps to look Jules Koundé's way is probably more of a natural fit. But yeah, we'll we see. did come on, didn't he? Um, yeah, we'll see. Morocco, Croatia. Um, nil, nil. see this one. Nil, nil. But Mike, you were impressed by the Moroccans. They look decent, but I don't know. I don't know if that's because the Croatians looked like they're all fifty-five. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely obscene. There is not a lot of legs in the Croatia team. They've obviously still got some quality. Modric is there, but yeah, I thought the Morocco uh, Morocco were decent. They actually, probably edged it. If there was going to be a winner, I'd have, I'd have picked them on the from what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't got too much to say on this one because it was a bit of a no, boring, it... boring game as well, but. It, yeah, it just it wasn't great, but I mean, you know, these things are what they are. Um, so let's talk about the other shock of the round, Germany, Japan. Um, Germany bossed the first half and then it all went wrong, Mike. Yeah, kind of similar blueprint to the Argentina game where obviously Japan are a bit more, you feel like they're a bit more in it compared to Saudi Arabia, but um, Germany just collapsed in the second half. They were awful. Really poor. Um, some of the interviews after it sounds like Gundawan was saying there was no quality and no one wanted the ball up front, which is bizarre. Um, but yeah, this was more of your typical Japan was sitting back, managed to catch him on the counter a couple of times. Yeah. Um, Schlotterbeck at centre back didn't look good. Yeah. Uh, not at all. Um, and Sula, I think, got caught, for, or was it Schlotterbeck? What? Sula was out of right back. Sorry, yeah, it was it was that Raum and uh, hashtag they, ready for Raum. They need a good striker, Germany. They, <laughs> oh dear God, do they need a striker? If they had a good striker, this team would look a lot different. But they're in a really bad spot now because they've got to play Spain next, and if they don't win that game, they're in real trouble. They could yeah. they could be out by the end of this round. And that would be back to back group stage exits for them. And yeah, I think it's a big blow losing Sane for them. They're cry- they 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 look to me like they're really crying out for someone to stretch the kind of pitch. I mean, they've got to find a way to get Jamal Musiala in the centre of the pitch where he can really affect things because he was the standout man of the day. He looked really good. He really was. That guy, that kid is an absolute star. He did a couple of times, he did everything but the finish, just jinking in and out. There was one... There was one little move where I think he sort of took it in 
in between like three or four Japan players. And the only thing missing was just to find the top corner. He put it just over. That kid is unreal. Unreal. Yeah. And um, I think I think the, the problem for Germany as well is if they're going to play a Gundogan and Kimmich pivot, they're both really, don't get me wrong, they're both really talented players, but they're not great at tracking runners. And you really did see it here with Japan because Japan counter-attack well, which is really nice to see because as we know that they've often struggled in the past with their counter-attack in Morganville, anyone? Um, but I, I think this is this is a weird one because I think Germany probably were the better team, but you just, you got to put away this game. Luckily, I think they put away Costa Rica. So they were not get good. something out of Spain. Well, they will. Put, they, they, yeah. I mean, they think Japan will beat Costa Rica, so they have to w- beat Spain, really. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but the Spanish surprised me a little bit. And I know Costa Rica were bad, but look, guys, even Morata scored. There was no mercy from that Spanish team. <laughs> it's ridiculous, isn't it? Absolutely none. They were obscenely good. They've flown a bit under the radar too, because you sort of, you, when we were talking about the pre-tournament favourites, um, we were obviously focused on the two South Americans and uh, France, and we talked a bit about England. But the Spanish have got a really, it's almost like they've had another golden generation come around really quickly. I mean, Gavi was spectacular. What a player he is. It's a shame who he plays for, but what a player. He's an absolute star as well, and Pedri was unbelievable. He's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, to have them two in the midfield now for the next 10 years or 12, whatever. It's outrageous for everyone else in Europe, isn't it? <laughs> and the world. Uh, Busquets just sits there. He's still, still just does his thing, passing it to all the players that can do a bit more with it. God, um, he's slow, isn't he? God damn. I, lo- I love watching Olmo at these big tournaments. He was good in the Euros. I, I loved his goal in this one. Um, and Ferran Torres... Not he didn't do too much at City, but he always seems to be well. Well, of course, of course he did because he, he's slipping at Luis Enrique's daughter, so he's got to keep playing well. Yeah, because yeah, when I saw the lineup, I'm thinking, well, they could probably do with a striker as well. Because Torres is not not really a number nine, is he? Um, no, I know he, he did play at City, didn't he? When he yeah, and he there. played and he played well there. I mean, he's not played well for Barcelona in the last couple of months, but yeah. I'd, you wonder if that'll come back to bite them later in the tournament. Yeah, well, it's, I know, I know, we all want to do that. I know Busquets has had a great career, and we all want to talk about how great Busquets is. Look, Busquets has been really culpable in a lot of the big Barcelona defeats against the elite teams over the last um, number of years. I mean, if you think about midfielders who could, you think about the players in this competition with midfielders who can really shift it. He's going to really struggle there. But I mean, I guess what the Spanish would say, well, we'll have the technical quality anyway with Gavi and the likes just to sort of keep playing football. They're, they're, going, to have, they're going to see a lot of the ball the whole tournament. So, if they, I mean, if they can keep it well enough, yeah, can kind of cancel out the, amount, the lack of Busquets' legs. But honestly, lads, if I'm if I'm being completely real, I, I haven't seen the Spanish devastate a South America like this since the mid-1500s. So, I, I just... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what I've done about you. I sort of came out of this and I thought to myself, well, I don't want to overreact, but that was a level of clinical play that immediately makes me think the Spanish are um, in and around the favourites. Great podcast. 
I agree. Yeah, they were really good. Yeah. And if they spank Germany, whew, let's see it. That's what I say. I, I, I have a, that could happen. That really could. I, I agree with that too. Definitely. On the evidence of the first game week, anyway, but it could yeah. all change. That's the beauty of a World Cup, isn't it, Will? It is. It goes week to week, isn't it? Um, Belgium, Canada. Shite. <laughs> I mean, uh, Belgium are fucking terrible. Like at some point, some someone in the Belgian FA is going to have to answer for handing a golden generation of players to Mark Wilmot and Roberto Martinez. Can I just read you the shot stats for this game? <laughs> yes, please do. Belgium, nine shots with three on target. What do you reckon? How many shots do you reckon Canada had? 23. Okay, that's pretty close. 22 they had. I believe they created, depending on which service you use, between two and a half and three expected goals and didn't manage to score. Penalty miss as well. So. Obviously, there's a penalty in there, but this is a foot yeah. champs rage, rage quit if I've ever oh, seen yeah. one. Oh yeah. I mean, Canada have got to be pretty happy about everything apart from the result, and Belgium have got to be pretty upset about everything apart from the result. <laughs> Look, to see this... De Bruyne's reaction when he wouldn't matter the batch. He was like, I, I haven't I seen I played that. very well. He was just not very happy at all. But, well, yeah. I, I thought on the Belgium side, I think they look they look their age. I mean, we're coming into a tournament with Toby Alvarez and Vertonghen still playing centre-half. Any team with any... I mean, I'm dreading England to play against them because I think Harry Kane's the one striker they'll be able to match pace for pace. <laughs> <laughs> but literally... How are they still wheeling else. these two out there? I'm waiting for, for Marlon to come off the bench. <laughs> That's the Chadley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Belgium look... Oh, just, they have quality, but it, they're just... They're... Uh, depending on who they... It really is dependent on who they draw, but the moment has passed for them, I'm afraid. I, I don't want this to be clipped down the line when they inevitably win the World Cup after this, but Henry, uh, previously of the betting podcast, of course, put these on to win, and... It, Henry, if you're listening, just cash it out now because that is a horror bet. Sticking true to form, at least, with the, uh, the odd bet. <laughs> he is, he is. Um, Belgium, probably. Who else? Does anyone know who else they've got in their group? Is it Switzerland, Cameroon? Uh, no, they're in a the group with. Um, they're in the Morocco and Croatia group. So. I mean, I mean yeah. Belgium, yeah. But they're going to make it out of the group, but they're. Still dog shit. Yeah. It is criminal, isn't it? Martinez is managing these. Mark Wilmot's too. Like I, I'd forgotten about him, so you just mentioned him. He I mean, who even about. is that? I, I remember like, that he managed them, but what is that's yeah. not well, they keep giving Martinez new contracts, don't they? Like what well, apparently Martinez is doing other stuff. He's basically a director of football for the whole FA and apparently he's doing good stuff there. In which case, take the coaching job off him. Let's yeah. move on. Let's move on. Martinez. Mike, I think our uh, pact to never watch football again if he wins the World Cup is, uh, is safe. So. Uh, it's on. Can I, can I just tell you who Mike Wilmot managed before? Belgium. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Real timbre energy here. <laughs> the, the most recent, he was the assistant at Belgium, but before that, he managed Schalke, Bordeaux, Schalke again, Standard Liège. I mean, it's not... A, he went on to manage the Ivory Coast in Iran 
after the Belgium job. So you ran. I thought you were a man. That's a little Antigua reference for you. Anyway, um, Switzerland versus Cameroon. Switzerland won one nil. I mean, it's uh, unlike the uh, the Swiss to be uh, offensive in any way. So, um, Mike, your dark horses for the tournament, take it away. What did you make of this? Not great. <laughs> really not great. Uh, didn't catch too much of this, if I'm honest, but I did hear a lot of it on the radio. Um, Cameroon probably edged the first half, I would say. The Swiss didn't look very good at all. Um, they managed to get their goal and were a bit better in the second half and kind of controlled it pretty well. Uh, but yeah, wasn't that impressed really with either team in this game, to be honest. I guess in the early rounds, Rostow, it's about getting points on the board. And you can say that Granit Xhaka has got yet more points on the board this season. That is true. Captain of the uh, the national side, number 10 as well. Um, I, I thought Switzerland, in my opinion, did enough. They created other chances in other than the ones that they scored. Um, yeah, it wasn't a classic game, but I, th- I thought they did enough. Breel and Bolo starts for the oh my God, he's still only 24, 11. Uh, and he will always start for that. I mean, he feels like he's been around since like 1998. Um, the rare the rare non-celebration international goal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I really enjoyed it. Is he born for in Born in Cameroon. No, he was born oh, there, yeah. Stinks. Who was it? Andros, was it that the Andros Townsend game today? It was the one this morning, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Townsend. I thought he was decent, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's all, better than Danny Murphy. Wait, wait. No, but yes. Andros Townsend yes. was saying uh, me how, he, how much he backed the, the no celebration. <laughs> he was, yeah. <laughs> that is pathetic. Hey, no, you gotta, you got to big up your roots, you know. Oh, play for the men, you fucking loser. It's like, imagine going, imagine going, no, I don't want to play for Cameroon because I want to play for that noted footballing powerhouse, Switzerland. Fuck off, Breel and Bolo. Oh, You've got the chance to play with, with players like Xhaka, Will. Well, I did that's say, I did say to someone at work today. Karth McGee, Shakiri. Yeah, but that's what I was going to say. I did say today, like, like I, I recommended to someone at work that if they get the chance to see Shakiri Shakiri player in the flesh, they should do so just to see how oddly shaped his body is. <laughs> I just remember. Totally I just remember. I just remember a game uh, up against Stoke in the season when Mourinho got sacked, where Shakiri had Baba Rachman on toast, and it was just like basically watching a bowling ball run past someone over and over again. It was incredible. Um, speaking of Baba Rachman, played played earlier today. Didn't he? Played for Ghana in that game. He did play for Ghana today, um, as Ghana probably had the game of the tournament. Against Portugal. <laughs> Mike Mike shaking his head. The second half of the tournament? Second half of the tournament, we'll go for that. Five goals. The first half was terrible, which is nice that you you managed to catch that and then, then head out. Yeah. Uh, I know me and Ross disagree about the penalty that was I given. I don't think it's a penalty, by the way. No, it's not for me. And it's certainly... Just send the guy to the monitor, for fuck's sake. That, yeah, I... I... Yeah, I, it was soft. I will agree with that, but I can see what, why he gave it. But I just don't understand at all why why that hasn't been sent to the monitor or looked at in more detail. Yeah. No, the the, the VARs, as it always does, is confusing me in this tournament. So, Portugal, yeah. by the way, I've got a take. 
You ready for this? A, a historical base take? Or? Uh, no, no, it's no, it's not, it's not. No. Um, it's not. Portugal are the Spurs of international football. Now, stick with me. They play the worst football of a talented side in the competition I've seen. Like, they were diabolical. They were playing for time. They're like the most cynical team I've ever seen. And then for 10 minutes, they played some scintillating stuff and just blew them away. I just... I don't understand why they play the way they play. They are the most frustrating team to watch. Bizarre. They are weird because their high-end talent is ridiculous. Uh, we say it about a few nations, but theirs is incredible. Um, I just don't know who this Otavio guy is. Where the hell did he come from? I think he was Brazilian, wasn't he? And he switched. He plays for Porto. Right, yeah. One of them who switched nationality. I mean, like, Leal came off the bench for them and he was player of the season in a title-winning team for Milan. Yeah. Yeah, Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes. Felix, Ruben Felix. Neves, obviously Ronaldo, Cancelo. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, wouldn't it have been amazing if uh, Iñaki Williams could have kept his feet? Oh, a bit of Grand Theft Alvarado, by the way. That was almost. Let me tell you, that's, a, that's an NBA reference. I haven't seen that. That was telling me about it. Yeah, if he didn't slip, he'd have come around the back of the uh, goalkeeper and nicked it and popped it in the back of the net. It was Would have been amazing for 3-3, three, yeah. three, I think, wouldn't it have been as yeah. well? Um, where do we stand on Bukhari doing the Sioux celebration? 3-2 yes. <laughs> down in the 88th minute rather than get the ball. <laughs> Well, he knew there was going to be 15 minutes added on, so... <laughs> I don't care. It's hilarious. It is hilarious. Now, you've got to get the ball, have a fight with the keeper to get the ball, obviously. <laughs> then run back to the... Place it on the spot and then do it in the middle of the pitch. Near a Ronaldo as well, which would have been excellent. Yeah. Anyway, uh, lots of goals in this game. Um, of course, the Portuguese famously named... Uh, Garner the Gold Coast. Maybe it's the Gold Coast. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. It's, it's very late here, ladies and gentlemen. Uruguay Korea, snooze fest. Let's move on. Yeah, that uh, happened. All I can say is I'm just waiting for Darwin, Darwin Nunes to announce um, his uh, self to the uh, big stage. Um, Cavani and I'll be Suarez. A while for that. Cavani, Suarez, and Diego Godin. Honestly, it's like last of the summer wide. Um, Godin was actually decent, but Suarez. Did no running at all. Dusted, isn't he? Yeah. And then, yeah, it's Cavani who's coming on who's doing about as little. Well, I mean, he outran Suarez. I'll say that, but didn't how take was, much. How was Darwin, Darwin Nunes, who came from Benfica to the Big Reds? <laughs> Not good. <laughs> Not That's great. That's unfortunate. My favourite thing about Darwin Nunes, other than the song, is currently how Liverpool fans are describing him on Twitter. They're like, he brings the chaos. I'm not sure... I'm not sure that's quite what we're after here, but anyway. Um, last game to talk about. Pre-tournament favourites, Brazil. Winning 2-0. Richarlison with both goals, including an absolute stunner. Um, it's a shame Dave's here, so he can't eat some crow about his thoughts on Richarlison. Um, because as we all know, that the three of us are big Richarlison fans. Um, great player, always has been. Um yeah, what did you make of... I mean, obviously, we were all playing football tonight. It was a good performance from us. Um, better than a 
the Swiss performance to tell you that much. Yeah, a historic 14-12 win. It so. really was, it really was. A hat-trick from home with a combined yardage of two. Yeah, so, as Will says, we haven't actually seen this. We saw a bit of the second <laughs> half in KFC. Uh, Get a real insight. Sponsor us. I really like your gravy, KFC. So, like, in fact, us, I like please. it so much that I poured it down myself back. <laughs> he did, he did. It was a tough scene. It was a tough scene. Uh, looking at the stats, it looks pretty one-sided. Uh, Brazil obviously managed to get their goals with Richarlison. Look, it's a ludicrous yeah. level of talent with Brazil, isn't it? I mean, I mean, you look at that. They've got like five ridiculous attacking options on the bench. Yeah, Martinelli is like the fifth in line to come on. It's absurd. Yeah, the the, the it's crazy. Jesus is their backup striker, and the wingers off the bench are Rodrigo and Martinelli. Like, I don't I mean, know if Anthony started or whether he. No, came. Uh, I mean, look. You start. You've got, the bench too. you've got. You've got a front. Oh, you've got a front line that includes Rafinha, Neymar, Vinicius Junior, and Richarlison. Like that is an that is a, a manager's dream, just in terms of chance creation and interchangeability. Like it, it's incredible. Um, they're going to take some stopping. They really are. Yeah, Fabinho and Bruno Guimaraes also on the Brazil bench. It's, yeah. Uh, I mean, they start they start Casemiro and Lucas Paqueta, and we haven't really talked about West Ham this season, but they've been playing Lucas Paqueta as a ten, and he, I mean, a lot of the people on a lot of the the French football writers on Twitter are surprised by that. They say he excels deep, and um, I like that for balance. I've seen yeah nothing much of him in a West Ham shirt, but everyone that I've heard of talk about him from Brazil says he's unbelievable for Brazil. Yeah. So I'm hoping we can see a bit of that. Yeah, because uh, West Ham could do with they really <laughs> could. that sort of player for sure. It's an embarrassment of riches. I, I think after the first round of fixtures, although I feel confident about some people, I'm not going to switch from my pick of Brazil to win it all. I mean, they just look incredible. Um, although Argentina, let's see a bounce back. You know, take yeah, the power of Argentina. Focus on 1990 and not 1982. Falklands War, Anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to, that's going to do it for this week. We will see you at the end of match week two, which we were trying to work out what day that is, but we'll be in your feed on that day. Um, but yeah, lads, are you looking forward to the next round? Yep. Good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, I think this will be a better round, hopefully. Uh, there's a lot more on the line now already. I know it's only match match week two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it looks like we'll be recording Monday night after the Portugal-Uruguay game. You should, Dave. It's I mean, normal if, service for us, so that's nice. If we lose to the US, I don't think we'll back, by the way. I'll, I'll be podding. I can't lose tomorrow night. Uh, uh, I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Will Dave be back on Monday? Who knows? Who knows? Does anyone care? Who knows? Um, anyway, <laughs> Ross, if the people want to find out more from you, including why you think Giroud is the greatest French striker of all time, where can they do that? Funnily enough, I think one of the few tweets I've ever done, I think more than one tweet has actually been about Giroud. Yeah. Uh, and you can find that at Ross underscore bird 14. And Mike, if the people want to follow you, where can they follow you? Uh, at Mikey President on Twitter. Of and course. if you want to follow me for more obscure historical facts... Uh, it's at Will Hunt 17. Just, just tweet me dates. That's all I want. Um, 
And if you want to follow Dave, it's at Dave Harris underscore 44. You can find him there talking about whatever Dave likes to do in his free time. Well, the legal stuff he likes to do in his free time. Um, and if you want to follow us, we're at In and Around Pod on all the socials, including YouTube. Um, and if you've got any questions for us, including where was Dave tonight, um, you can email us at inandaroundpod at gmail.com. And until next time. Oh, before we go, Neymar's undergoing a scan on his ankle. So that's that's big for Brazil. Um, but yeah, sayonara. You've really buried that. <laughs>